and welcome to another edition of On the Board Sports. I am your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T., joined by my main man, William Trucci, a.k.a. Will Seawood. How are you doing, sir? Doing good for, you know, Wednesday afternoon. Happy hump day to you, Sean. Hump day! Hump day, indeed. Go out and find yourself a camel. Uh, well, you gotta go out to Egypt for that. Go find Lawrence of Arabia, right? Correct. Great movie, by the way. <laughs> that was on Channel 13 over the weekend. Uh, anyway... Just want to give a quick shout out to Gotham Podcast Studios. They're awesome with a capital A, Brianna and Matt Peters. Shout out to you guys for doing a wonderful job. Shout out to Miles, our wonderful producer and engineer today. He's awesome with a capital A, like always. Yes. And Sean, a very, very nice shirt you're wearing right now. I wonder who got me this shirt. I I, like, I, I wonder I, who I, made I, that shirt. Yes. First, who made it and then who I got it from. Very, very nice Islanders-esque blue and orange. Absolutely. Know? Proving people wrong right now. But we'll talk about them a little later on yeah, we'll in the, the show. Later. Sean, I know you got a lot of things to talk about right now. Listen, man, a, a lot of stuff happened from the last time we did a show, Will. So let's get right into it. Will, first and foremost... Will Chirucci, me, me and Will, we left the last show. We were on our way home. Bling, 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 breaking news. The New York Jets have hired former Miami Dolphins head coach Adam Gase as their head coach. Me and Will were sick to our stomach like we were just on air. We could have broke the freaking news. We were just on air. But um, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. But you know what? It's meant to be to talk now and Will, you being the resident Jets fan on the show, I will kick it to you first for your opinion, as they say down south, Will. Adam Gase, head coach of the Jets. Will, your thoughts are what? My thoughts are this, Sean. When I saw the news coming out that Adam Gase was being hired as the seventh Jet head coach since Bill Parcells left. That's a long list, bro. That's a very long list. We're talking <laughs> from... uh. I'm forgetting this guy's name already. I just had it. He coached him one year. With the Jets? Yeah, 2000. Jeez, what a way to start off the show right now when you forget. <laughs> it but they, well. but they, uh, It's radio. <laughs> they go over from Herman Edwards, and they go from Herman Edwards to Eric Mangini. Oh, God. Then the Rex Ryan, and then over to uh, Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's four head coaches. I'm sorry, not seven, four. So far, there was another guy. Al Groh, five. Al Groh. Al Groh. Al Groh, five. First-year head coaches, right, that they came in. They either they were defensive coordinators, you know, all that stuff. They tried to stop New England. It didn't happen. Hey, sometimes you got to beat offense with offense. And they go out and they get a head coach with NFL experience, something that they desperately needed for a really long time. And you know what? They wound up getting it. They wound up getting it. And with that being said, you know what? You look at what Adam Gase is doing right now and what he has done with every quarterback that he has had. Every quarterback that he has basically touched turned to gold in his system, no matter what. You look at Peyton Manning when he was with the Broncos. Peyton Manning wound up giving him a, a seal of approval to Christopher Johnson. Okay, great. You look over to guys like Sean Hill, and even though Ryan Tannehill was eh a little bit during his years, he had Brock Osweiler, and he had a lot of other quarterbacks too. So with that being said, the guy's an offensive genius when it comes to quarterback play, but hasn't translated in the NFL at all. Now, with that being said, he's got 
a young and up-and-coming stud in Sam Darnell. 22 years old, never had a quarterback like this before. This is something that he wants to have and to go out there and to see what's going to happen because the ceiling on Sam Darnell is absolutely through the roof, to the sky, to the heavens, infinity to beyond. And every Jet fan right now should be happy about this move instead of ripping the guy a new one because of the fact of where he came from, because Mike McCarthy was still out there. You know, there's a lot of things, Sean, that ultimately need to happen. And they wound up getting Greg Williams as their defensive coordinator. Good pick, good pickup by them. But, you know, again, it remains to be seen. He's going to have a lot of accountability on that defense. And you know what? Man, I, I really, like I said, I really like the move a lot to have and see Adam Gase here. The rumor is they didn't go after McCarthy because McCarthy apparently wanted more power than being the coach. Like, he wanted the power to make moves when, well, Mike McCagan doesn't have the best track record in terms of drafting later rounds. Some of his first, some some of his picks have panned out, but... The totality of it is most of them haven't, and the two that stands out is Hackenberg and Petty. So with that being said, well, I get why McCarthy wanted to go that route. However, we're seeing this a trend where we're seeing teams that have young quarterbacks hire offensive-minded guys to be to be one. The quarterback and the coach has to be one. Well, I like the move depending on what the staff is like. Defensively, Greg Williams, that's all you need on that side of the ball. He's one of the best defensive coaches ever in the league. And, well, there's no doubt that he's going to do a great job on that side of the ball. Well, however, I need to know who the OC is going to be, even if Gates is calling plays or even if he's not, especially if he's not calling plays well. I definitely need to know who the OC OC is going to be. Well, more importantly than the an OC will, I need to know who the quarterback coach is going to be because I think that is just as important as any head coach or an OC will. And well, last but not least, I need to know who the offensive line coach is going to be because the Jets' offensive line has not been the best over the past few years, especially since Brick left. Nick Mangle left. So, uh, so since those two guys left a year uh, apart, the Jets' offensive line really hasn't been as good as it once was, especially during those two Rex Ryan years where, well, you can make a case the Jets had the best offensive line in the league. Like, that's how great they, uh, they were. And a fact here, Thomas Jones was the leading rusher in all the NFL that year in 2009 when he was number one in all of the NFL in rushing yards. So... When they had uh, DeBrickshaw Ferguson, when they had Nick Mangold, when they went out there and they signed Alan Fanica the year prior to have Damian Woody there too. I mean, that was a great offensive line. That was a great offensive line, and it had a pound-for-pound running back. Now, with that being said, this Jets team doesn't have that right now. But with that being said, with the third pick going into the draft, you're right, Sean. You know, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of variables with coaches and all that stuff too. But now with regards to Kyler Murray going over and uh, declaring for the NFL draft, a real shocker right there by to some people, mm-hmm. you know, you look at this Jets team right now, there's going to be a lot of offers for that number three pick, you know, and a lot of people want that pass rusher, but 
in all in all seriousness, look at the Browns the past couple of years. They went out there and they traded away their high draft pick, a couple of draft picks, excuse me, mm-hmm. to get back a couple of first rounders, maybe, you know, a couple of second rounders here and there, mm-hmm. you know, to build up this team. And now they're on the precipice and the cusp of doing something great over there, over with the dog pound in Cleveland, you know? Right. So there's just a lot of things that ultimately need to happen. That's the same thing what John Cruden's trying to do in uh, o- Oakland. We don't even know where they're going to be playing at next year. <laughs> right. You know, so <laughs> until true. Vegas, until the new Vegas stadium gets uh, built up, by right. the way, it's it's coming out nice over there. I was there a couple weeks ago. But, uh, you know, it's it's something that remains to be seen. One guy that I would like to see coming out as far as an offensive coordinator goes, if he's available, would be a guy like Todd Haley. Mm. That guy is an absolute whiz when it comes to uh, running offensive plays and calling plays. He's always in the top ten, no matter what. And who who, who is he a coach for? Cleveland, Kansas City, right? The last job that he had? Yeah. The Browns. Uh, outside of the Browns and outside of the Steelers. Uh, I believe it. I don't think it was the Browns. Uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Okay. They had a high-powered offense with yeah, Carson Palmer. And, Palmer, right. Yeah, yeah. Right, and yeah. David Johnson was having a career year, all that. Right. So, you know, that remains to be seen, but that's somebody that I would really like. That's a good name, Will. And as far as uh, maybe uh, as far as a quarterback's coach, maybe you go out and you sign a guy like a Josh McCown. But he uh... – I like it because they're they're tight. I just wonder how much coaching ability he has. So I like it from the standpoint of they're really tight. I mean, like they like they lived in uh, in the same place, right? Akam was on the second floor and Darno was on Darno, the first floor, right? Sam Darno. So they were. So I like it because they're tight. But my thing is. Is Josh McCown a good player coach or is he a good coach coach? Because those are two completely uh, different things. But that's a but that's an interesting move um, uh, move. Well, because I don't think he'd be brought in as the um, the backup. I think the Jets will maybe go on and get maybe a younger, experienced guy um, for that role. So that's a very uh, interesting name. Well, you also bring up another good good point in terms of the Jets have. The, I would say, what what am I looking for? The words not coming to um to my mind, well, but you make a very good point. Well, the Jets really don't. Well, they don't need a quarterback at number three. No, so they could trade down. And there was a team that plays in the same stadium, who has a six pick, who I don't think Murray or Haskins will get to six when it's all said and done. Because well, quarterback is so overvalued. Absolutely, the NFL. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people forget Blake Bortles went number three. That's right. Blaine Gabbert went number seven. And here's the crazy part: they were drafted by the same franchise, one after the next. When Gabbert was a bust, will they right. took Blake Bortles? Well, Jacksonville has the tenth pick. It won't surprise me at all if the Jaguars call the Jets and say, "Hey, listen, you want to slide down to ten? We'll give you this year's two." X years one, well, I take that in a heartbeat. I would say because, well, the Jets don't have a second-round pick um, in this draft. So you automatically have to give me a second-round pick in this year's draft if if you want to swap. And 
maybe not next year's one, but at least uh, next year's two. A pretty much road to make a long story short, the Jets are in a good spot to trade down, accumulate picks, and I think that is a good head start for Mr. Gates in terms of trying to build a competitive team for this year. Absolutely, and especially, you know, you look at the talents that are around. The Jets so far over the past uh, probably about like 10 to 12 years outside of them drafting Sam Darno, and then you look at the last probably offensive linemen that were picked were Nick Mangold and DeBrickshaw Ferguson in the same draft. I believe it was in 2006 with DeBrick getting picked at number four when the Jets, I believe, went four and 12 that year. And then the Jets wound up drafting Nick Mangold in a deal that traded uh, John Abraham for essentially that draft pick that went from the uh, the Falcons to the Jets. You know, they should do it. They 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 should do it, in, in all honesty. But with regards to what's going on, you're hearing names outside of the uh, Jet organization. You're hearing uh, Dowell Logan's the Dolphins offensive coordinator. Logan's was connected to the offensive coordinator job shortly after Gase was hired last week. Uh, he worked for Gase in Miami this past season and was the Bears quarterback's coach in 2015 when Gase was the offensive coordinator. The Dolphins had the 26th best offense in the NFL this past season, but Gase apparently likes his guy. Obviously, they hired uh, Greg Williams. They were really looking into uh, Vance Joseph, too. But, you know, there's a lot of things that can ultimately happen. Names also that were mentioned, too, are Joe Lombardi, quarterback's coach for the New Orleans Saints. Pretty uh, good track record over there with Drew Brees. I'm surprised that Sean McVay has a coaching tree and Sean Payton does not. That is crazy. Right. <laughs> Sean Payton does not have a coaching tree. That's really, really weird. Yeah, Joe Lombardi is Vince Lombardi's grandson. grandson kind of, yeah. A very good pedigree there as coaching Drew Brees for seven seasons and having the likes of Sean Payton and offensive coordinator Peter Carmichael. Lombardi was with the Saints from 2007 to 2013, serving as the quarterback's coach in the final four of those seasons. He then spent two years as the Lions' offensive coordinator before returning to the Saints' quarter, uh, quarterback coaching job. The Saints' offense is currently operating by Drew Brees. And, hey, look, they're trying to catch something right here, you know? You're looking at Mike Kafka, too, with uh, the quarterback's coach with the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. Talk about guys like that have been really doing well. Then you've been looking at a guy by the name of uh, Aaron Crom- Cromer. He's a run Cromer. game Cromer. He used to be with the uh, Bears. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was the uh, run game coordinator for the Rams. And then you look at Dave Ragone, Jerry Shablinski, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, who we're going to get on in a, a minute here. Zach Taylor is actually about to become a coach. Yeah. Zach, uh, when the Rams season is over, Zach Taylor will become coach of the Bengals. So you wow. can cross that name. Of, of, we're going to get to the other coaching higher soon, but... Well, here's here's my only thing too. It depends for for the Jets specifically. It depends with the staff. So as we said, we'll see what happens with the staff. The Jets and as well as other teams that are hiring offensive minds to go with a young quarterback have to keep in mind you cannot neglect the other side of the ball and the rest of the team. And well, my only concern with Adam Gase is well, there were some players. 
down on South Beach that said, if he comes back, I'm leaving. I want out. I want to be traded. Now, whether that's a personality thing, a personality clash, whatever the case was, I mean, that's between Gase, Gase and them. But that's not a ringing endorsement you want for a coach, you know, to have his former players say, hey, listen, this guy is crazy. He's terrible. I don't want him to uh, come in. But, well, I think as he doesn't neglect the team, and as long as the staff is good, well, I think he's going to be pretty, pretty good. Good. So, um, you know, I mean, listen, we shall see. The Jets have a boatload of money to spend. Again, the second straight off season. So they're going to hopefully they spend this money wisely. Well, I would spend a bulk of it on the offensive line. I think you should get experienced guys there. I don't think you should bring in younger guys. I think you need to bring in experienced guys, you know, that's in that's coming to the prime or in their prime because, well, I think if you keep Sam uh, Donald upright, I think he's going to do well. My last point on this as well is a lot of people forget with quarterbacks, it also depends on the system. I don't care how well Gates did with other – his system fit those guys. Jay Cutler and Tannehill and – Obviously, Peyton Manning, yada, yada, yada. Well, if this system, if Sam uh, Donald is not comfortable in this system, the Jets are going right back to square number one. So we shall see. You know, the one thing, too, everybody's talking about McCarthy, McCarthy, McCarthy. You know, the Jets were serious about McCarthy, and he definitely appeared to be the favorite at one point. But his standing in the search seemed to wane. After he finally came in for an interview, the interview wasn't bad, according to one source, but some issues came up. One was that McCarthy seemed to be uncomfortable with the Jets' power structure, possibly meaning he wanted more control over personnel. Another was that Jets GM Mike McCagnan seemed to want to say in McCarthy's staff, and the former Packers coach wasn't comfortable with that at all. At least that was the take from McCarthy's side. The Jets strongly denied they were trying to have any influence over hiring of any assistants on the staff of any of the candidates. So, you know what? And to quote here, at no point did we say we were going to choose you guys, your guys, or we don't like that guy, or we like this guy. We're going to put him there, uh, Chris Johnson said. No, that never happened. I completely deny it. So... You know what? It doesn't matter at this point. You know, it all it all leads. Excuse me. It all leads to Adam Gase, and then another guy too. With uh, with uh, everybody was talking about was the rule, right? Matt Rule from Bebelo. Um, he's a tri-state guy, right? so I think that was the biggest key there. Well, Baylor was in the dumps. You know, we 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 all heard of the sex scandal that was going on there, mm-hmm. and you know. Art Browse lost his job and blah, blah, blah. He went from Temple to Baylor, and he has resurrected a team, a school. And, um, you know, I think that the thing with him was he's a tri-state guy. His offenses have always been good. Well, he won at Temple. Right. <laughs> Temple. So, I mean, now Temple has good sporting uh, program, but he didn't. But, well, when I say win, the man won like 10, uh, 10 11 games a clip. So, you know, so, but I'm glad they didn't go that route. Um, um, the Cardinals did. We'll get into, I'm saying that, but listen, let's see what happens with Gase. 
and well, well, I have the confidence that the Jets are going to get uh, get it right, and hopefully they do because the Jets have a very solid core. They have a very solid core, and 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 I think they could compete depending on the staff that's in place and the players that they bring in free agency and then, and then the draft. My thing is this team right now they have, you said it, they have the quarterback, they Check. have the right coach. Check. And they on defense they have a guy in Jamal Adams who could be and I said it before in our NFL preview back in the summertime, he is without a doubt, he could be defensive player of the year. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. He can have a great impact on this Jets defense. Yeah. Now it all depends too on on what happens here. I'm not so worried about them spending the one hundred million dollars in the cap space. That's fine. They're gonna need to plug in some holes. What I am worried about is what McCagnan is going to do in the draft. and what Because in the draft, you express your needs, and you go after your needs. With regards to free agency, you go out and you get your wants. You know? You get your wants. The Jets need an offensive line. They need another playmaker at the receiver position. You know? The Jets want a running back, you know. The Jets are going to want, you know, maybe another couple of veteran veteran presence, presences in that locker room per se. You know, so I'm really more so worried about who comes here via the draft than I am in free agency. Well, I think because the defense is further ahead of the offense, I would go young. I would draft defensively and go for agency with the draft because you have to get experienced guys around Sam. He's going to his second year. Well, well, the worst thing the Jets want is a sophomore slump. And Sam Donnell has already been hurt his rookie year. So you definitely want to keep him upright. And I think they should go. So I would actually go the opposite way. I would go for agency and offense defensively continue because, well, you're bringing young guys into a Greg Williams-led team. And those veteran guys, the Johnsons who used to play for him, the Claibornes, Jamal, he's about to be in his third year. I guess you could consider him seasoned at this point. Right. The Avery Williamsons, the Darren Lees of the, of the world, you you add younger guys into that core and, and you – Teach them the Greg Williams way. Well, I think that is, I think that is the way to go. And then offensively, you bringing the veteran guys, whether it's on the line or the receiving. Well, the wide receiver free agency list this year is very, very good. I know it's like, like off the top of my head, I think it's Jameson Crowder who could fit in, who could fit in the slot very well. Devin uh, Funches, who's a six four, six five guy who could. Like he is a fifty-fifty ball, uh, um, excuse me, um, um, machine there, uh, along with some other names. Um, uh, uh, Randall Cobb, he's also free. So, listen, the Jets could use any or all three of those guys. As well, so I would definitely go veterans, free agency, and younger guys in the draft. My thing is though, with what you just said, the Jets. Over the past 12 years, have drafted defense in the first round, right? When the Jets were playing in the in the early 2000s, what did they have? 
What did they have in the early 2000s? A great offense. Correct. With a good defense as well. Correct. Unfortunately, they wound up losing to Oakland and Pittsburgh and all that. But with that being said, Sean, they have they need receivers, guys that could get the ball, guys like a Lavernius Coles, guys like Santana Mosses that are that are you know that have played in this you know for this organization. You know what I mean? Right. So with Cobb that, could fit in that role very very well, right? But they need young guys. Cobb is only like twenty seven; it's uh, twenty eight. So, but they need but they need guys to grow with Sam. You can't. To add to my point, when the Jets went out and they got Braylon Edwards via trade in 2009, they had no wide receiver core. They had right, none. Correct. Yeah. Then they wound up going out there and trading for Santonio Holmes. They let Braylon walk the year after in 2010, and they got Plaxico Burris. Right. And what happened? Santonio Holmes is off the team after, what, five years? You know what I mean? He winds up leaving, and then Plaxico, that was his last job. Yeah, was he was with, never right after that. Right. So they haven't had any wide receivers outside of going out there and getting guys like Braylon, uh, not Braylon Edwards, uh, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Right. So I think right now they have to go young. They have to go young at the key at the key spots and let Sandarno grow with these guys because you build a trust and you build a rapport around them. It ultimately works out. Well, I see what you are um, saying. I'm going to use Randall Cobb as an example here. Randall Cobb played with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, you're coming down to play with Sam. Uh, um, uh, Donald, who knows? Donald could one day be just like an A-Rod, better than him. Blah, blah, blah. Worse, right. But the point that I'm making here as well is that you look at those Packers teams well. Yes, they had the... Devontae and Adams and Randall Cobbs, and then they had another um, that went, um, the guy that they cut, and he went to um, Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson, correct. Well, you look at all those teams, Randall Cobb was at the top or close to the top in receptions, and and on most of those good Packer teams, like, like you know, three, four, five years back, well, he was the third or fourth guy. So my thing is you bring in a veteran, well, especially a slot guy, a, a guy that on third down could bail you out. The pass rush is coming. You know a guy that's going to get open really, really fast. Jamison uh, Crowder to me will, could do the same thing. Slot guy, third down, could bail you out. And, well, you, you did, well they say you want to go young. Quincy Anun was only, only like 25. He's young right there. He could be your ex or he could be your C. Right. You sign him long term. So clearly they see some long term uh, value. Well, I'm going to say it again. I said it off there. I'm going to say it on the air. The Jets have to bring Robbie Anderson back because I like what I saw during the season, which was the end of the year with Sam and him, the connection that they had. The Packer game was a perfect um, um, example. example. Right. I think, I, th- I think, I think he scored like, 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 like two times um, uh, in that game. Well, if if they go that route, well, you already have your X, you have your Z. You bring in a veteran or two guys to play the slot, and Chris Herndon is going to be a superstar. I, I really, really do. I, I do, too. I think that was not, a steal in the fourth or fifth round. Not, a, around. not a superstar, but he's going to be a very serviceable tight end. No, well, well, well I think he's going to be, I don't want to say 
Let's not rush into things. No, 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 no. I'm not a, um, a Russian, but is he going to be Gronk? No. No. There's only one Gronk. But will Chris Herney can be a, a, a Greg Olsen type? Or a Vernon Davis. Or a Vernon Davis type. And those were really, really good guys right. in their prime. Right. So, will you add three, four of those receivers, you add him, you now build through the offensive line. Well, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Now you could put a point on the board because, well, you're already on the other side of the ball. You said our show name. It, I, I definitely did. You said our show name on the board, <laughs> on the board sports. Well, you already know the the defender side of the ball. Right. That's done with. Right. That is, we are coming after you all the freaking time. Absolutely. Third and one, we're going to blitz. I mean, it's, it's, absolutely. It's, but you know what, too? I mean, not to not to cut you off. You know, but to to look at the free agency, it's a defensive dominated free agency class. You look at guys like Demarcus Lawrence, Javadian Clowney, Grady Jarrett, Trey Flowers, Earl Thomas is is also mentioned here. D. Ford, Frank Clark of the Seattle Seahawks, Landon Collins. He might transfer all of his stuff I to the next for, uh, free agent, though. Right? I think he is. Right? I, I think so. But still, though, C.J. Mosley, Anthony Barr. Yeah, the former Jets, Sheldon Richardson out there, who had a pretty good year when he was with the uh, Minnesota Vikings this year. Ronald Darby, Tyron Matthew, LaMarcus Joyner. You know, you have Preston Smith, Ndamukong Sue. He could still play. Well, there's two names that you said that if that if the Jets get either or, I think they're talking. Anthony Barr, I think he's been playing out of pos- uh, position. Uh, position. Well, he's 6'4", six, 6'5". And he's playing in the four three as a stand up line backer. That's crazy, and 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 he played well doing so. Right. Well, I think if you put him as one of the other um, three four uh, um, rushers, I think he could really do there. Another guy is D Ford. Well, I'm sure you saw the Coach Chiefs game uh, Saturday. If you did or you did not, a lot of people did. Justin Houston is not the only great pass. Russia that the Chiefs have. D Ford is just as good, and he's younger. So, well, I would definitely uh, go um, uh, go after him. And he's a guy that you know he's already used to playing the three four. He's been in uh, a good scheme, and now you're giving him a secondary to play with, right? Though, because the Chiefs' uh, secondary is horrible. Mm-hmm. But now, will you add a D Ford to a secondary that has Claiborne, Johnson, May? And Adams, so you know, hey, I know that the guys back there are going to cover long enough for me to get to the actual a quarterback role. So, well, if the Jets could get their hands on either or both, I think those would be two really, really good pickups. You look at also too from the offensive line position. Even if they don't trade down that number three pick, mm-hmm. and they get another young pass rusher, right? You go out in free agency, you get a guy like a Juwan James. Mm-hmm. Juwan James has basically started almost every game yep. mm-hmm. in his career. 62 games played, started 62. So what does that tell you right there? The guy is consistent. He's never hurt. He, and he's a very good offensive tackle, too. You know, right side, yeah. And you also have there, – there was another guy from the Panthers that's also on the free agency list. He's one of the better offensive linemen – out there on the free agency on the free agent market, but still, you go out there and you sign. That's what the Jets did in 20, 2008. They had to protect Brett Favre, 
they wound up getting uh, Alan Fanica and Damian Woody to go up against, to go up with the likes of, I said it before, uh, Shaw Ferguson and so, Nick and Nick Mangold, correct? You know, and that, like I said, that produced one of the one of the game's greats running running attacks of that year. You know, and the name that I'm talking about is Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams, okay. So, good tackles are so hard to find in free agency that Williams, a second team All Pro in 2017, should still inspire plenty of interest despite missing nearly all of this season with a knee injury. So, if you bookend the left side and the right side with James and Williams, I think the I think the Jets are winners right there. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's the beauty of of this Jets team, Will. That well, it's well, it's a beauty and the curse. The beauty of it is, well, they have so much money, which means they could be flexible. Right. Well, well, you and me just probably said about ten ways mm-hmm. that the Jets can improve the team. In different ways. However, that could be the curse because when you have so many ways and you have the money and the resources, which they do, you have to get it right. Right. The Jets cannot sign the wrong guys with so much money to spend. Nope. So that's why it's very, very imperative that they get these players right. But, yeah, well, as you said, that is a very defensive-heavy uh, free agency class. I mean, well, I think it, it just comes down to simply just breaking down the positions of need. Safety there, you're good there. Corner, maybe, you know, maybe 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 a guy for depth, but that's it. Defensive line, I think you have to address there. Well, keep this name in mind, Will, because it's going to come up towards the draft time and after the draft. Because I think he could end up number three to the Jets. Alabama defensive lineman, Quinnen Williams. He, he wears number 92. He's a he was a monster. He he won most of the college defensive player of the year uh, the, the awards. Will will he is I think like I I forgot his size, but he can be what Snacks was before the Jets foolishly let him go. Will but Quinnen Williams I think can be a monster, and I think he will take a lot of pressure off the other two defensive ends, whoever they are. I don't think it was foolish to let Snacks go because he was an undrafted guy. I I really like Snacks Harrison. But with that being said, you're going to pay X amount of dollars for a guy that's going to, you know, his numbers are probably going to go down. I know he he was good with the Giants. He went to the a Pro Bowl the, the, the next year, Will. <laughs> right. But but I'm saying though, you know, one good one good year to offset and then to see the stock go down, you know, it doesn't doesn't really help out, you know what I mean? I mean, I get what you're saying, but Will, he was still playing well. Even, well, the Giants traded him because, not because he was playing bad. No, the team sucked. The team sucked. It was like, all right, well, let's just play these uh, young good dudes. But, right. Will, re- remember that name, Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams. Alabama defensive tackle number 92. We're going to say his name a lot when it's time to draft prep and draft show and draft time. Well, I think he, he could end up number three to the Jets. And if the Jets get him, well, I think that would be Greg Williams would do backflips to get a tremendous force like him. What do you think of a guy like Josh Allen? Josh Allen, I, if the Jets get their hands on him too, I think that would be really, really big because now, well, if you get Barr or Ford, one, one, uh, one guy to rush off the edge, you bring in Josh, another guy to rush uh, off the edge. 
well, now you're um, uh, talking. And, well, I always liked players from the SEC, which Quentin Williams is and which Josh is as well. Because, well, I think the SEC is the SEC and the Big Ten. I think those are the two college conferences that prepare you for the NFL the best. Because I think a lot of NFL talent has come from schools within the SEC and the Big Ten. And, well, Josh Allen did it at Kentucky, which we know is a number one, two, and three is a basketball school. Yeah. They did it. He and they did it on the football field this year. So, well, that will be a tremendous pick for them as well. There's a lot of edge rushers out there, too, going in the first round via through mock drafts that Sean and I have been seeing. We've been seeing uh, Montez Sweat, edge rusher from Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. yeah. You know, we've been seeing uh, Josh Allen from Kentucky, from Kentucky and uh, uh, Mr. Williams from Alabama. Win and, win. And, yeah. and also, too, uh, you know, you have uh, Mr. Polite from Florida. You know, he's he's probably going to be in the draft. If the Jets trade down, I would definitely take him. Well, um, he's from my favorite college university, Florida. Well, he led the team in sacks. He didn't start. <laughs> yeah. That's how good he is. You have Nick. Bosa. He ended the draft, and he did, and he and he was not a starter. Well, that's crazy, right? And you have Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa's uh, brother. Yep. You have uh, who else? Brian Burns from Florida State. Bosa's a very interesting because the Jets could get him if the Cardinals make a trade down. A team comes up for Kyler Murray. I've got who has the the second pick. They could also trade down. And let's say maybe the Giants straight up for Dwayne uh, uh, Haskins. Well, all of a sudden now, the Jets have their defensive pick at number three. Well, if the Jets get Nick, well, if the Jets get Nick Bosa, Bosa right. well, <laughs> a lot of people are saying he's better than his brother, and we know Joey is an animal. Yeah, a lot of people are saying Nick is better. That is crazy. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely crazy, man. If the Jets could get him, holy smokes. The 49ers man. have the second pick right now. 49ers. Both of them might go there because they need pass rush help in the worst way, which is crazy because they've drafted defensive linemen in, 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 in the first round, like right. three out of the first four years. Uh-huh. So they've missed. But, well, where they end up with with Mr. Um, I forgot his name, um, Nick, or they end up with one of my favorite names, Williams Quinnen. <laughs> well, Quinn Williams. Well, whether they end up Allen. with either or, right? At three, or even if they trade down and they get a Polite or an Allen or a Brian Burns, as you said, I think that they're in a bit as well, right? You know, and you guys see what happens over there with that. But moving on with the Jets now, you know, we've been Sean. I know you've been saying moving on from the Jets. Okay, yeah. From the Jets. Thank you. <laughs> Sean just gave me a look like, what are you, crazy right now? Like, he looked at me with five heads. But uh, anyway, moving on from the Jets, we've been seeing a lot of coaches being hired mm-hmm. over the past couple of weeks. Eight coaches, to be exact, wound up getting fired. That's a quarter of the NFL right there. It is. It's crazy. And to say guys like uh, Bruce Arians going over to uh, the uh, Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Cliff Kingsbury going over to the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean, what coaching hire did you like and why? Bruce Arians I like because him and Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. he used to um, – Bruce Arians had like a camp like a few years ago, 
And Jameis Winston was one of the quarterbacks at that camp. So their relationship goes way back. And well, I think if there was a quarter, if there's a coach that could fix Jameis, it will be him. Well, I think Jameis Winston has a lot of, um, a lot of talent, skill, but for some reason, it, it just wasn't like Dirk was like Dirk, uh, uh, Cutter was not the coach for him. I love the move because, well, Tampa Bay is a team that they need to start over from scratch. And we've seen Bruce and Arians take a team from the dumps and bring them all the way up to not a Super Bowl winning team, but at least being good. So I definitely, 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 uh, I, I love that move. Well, well, another move that I did like was, and this may surprise some people here, but another move that I like was the Browns. They so when Hugh Jackson got fired and Todd Haley as OC got fired, Greg Williams, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Jets, as you said, well, he became the interim head coach, and a guy by the name of Freddie Kitchens became the OC. Well, we saw the Browns offense take off. Like they were scoring twenty something, thirty something, uh, saying clip. And I'm glad he got the job because, well, again, young coordinators with young quarterbacks. This what this hire is directly a Baker Mayfield hire. Well, Baker was playing good before Hugh left and Todd left. When Freddie got the job, well, he took off. So I think this move was made specifically specifically for him. And um I like the move because it keeps a familiar face within the team. Well, I think when we do our NFL preview show, which will probably be here by the time we blink well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Man. It's gonna be here by the time in August it's it's gonna be be here like, whoa, it's it's time to talk uh, football um football again. Absolutely. But, well, I think we could be talking about the Browns contending for a playoff spot. Next year, well, and not only for a playoff <laughs> spot, but for the division. But for the division, because I think the Steelers are on their way down. The Bengals, so the Bengals are a hot mess. They are, and the Ravens are probably the only competition that the Browns have. And don't think that Baker Mayfield. Well, even though they weren't playing for anything in Week Seventeen, Baker Mayfield is not going to forget the interception that he threw in Week Seventeen, so the Ravens could clinch. The playoffs, right? He's always been a motivated guy. That pick, I know, is in somewhere in the back of his head, and that's going to motivate him to now in year number two make sure that pick is a touchdown pass to make the Browns go to the playoffs and on another team. But we shall see. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the numbers before and after the Hugh Jackson firing and having Todd Haley. As his offensive coordinator, Baker Mayfield. Haley left. Um, um, uh, left too well. Right. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. For six games Todd, with Todd Haley at the uh, offensive coordinator position, Baker Mayfield's completion percentage was 58%. He only threw for 245 yards a game, threw for a touchdown a game, one interception a game. His quarterback rating was under 80 at 78.9, and his uh, yards per attempt were 6.6. The Browns' points per game, yeah, they were scoring at at a clip at 21.7. But under Freddie Kitchens, you got to see it. He uh, In eight games, you had his uh, completion percentage go up to 68, uh, 69% with over 280 yards and having thrown almost two and a half touchdowns a game. Yeah, he still threw one interception a game, 
but his quarterback rating was through the roof at 106.2, nearly perfect just about. And his sack, uh, he wasn't getting sacked at all. So what does that show you right there, you know? And also, too, with the yardage, he was throwing almost nine yards an attempt. That's Almost a first down. That's <laughs> Exactly. That's pretty crazy to say the very least. So the Browns, they saw it last year with Baker Mayfield being their franchise quarterback. A lot of people, including myself, thought that this was the wrong move. But you know what? Hey, Baker's proven a lot of people wrong right now. And you know what? Let this kid and his uh, his stock soar up because Cleveland is looking at a winner within the next couple of years. Absolutely. With all those first-round draft picks, too, that, they, that they've that they used over the past couple of years to finally get their franchise quarterback. Yeah, I think the playoffs and maybe a division winner next year might happen. Not trying to foreshadow anything here, but I think the Browns and Baker Mayfield stock is rising up right now very much with Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, so so we have to see, uh, what, um, you know what I'm saying, uh, what happens here. Well, a hiring that scratch my head was the Cardinals. So Cliff Kingsbury has an under 500 record at Texas Tech, takes an OC job with USC, which I felt was a great move by them. Then you bring him in after a month on the job to be your head coach. Because again, Will, and Will, I'm going to say this again and again, young coach, young quarterback. Will, I don't like this move at all because – Cliff King, especially on the college ranks where you have way more authority and power, he couldn't get the right defensive staff or players in terms of recruiting in place to be a competitive team. Well, the 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 problem at Texas Tech was not was not on all. Well, they were scoring forty five points a game, forty two points a game. Pat Mahomes came from there. Baker Mayfield, even though it was only for one year, he came from there too. However, well, Texas Tech would lose games 48-42, like 53. Like their defense was horrible, and Cliff King, Kingsbury had the power to change it, to hire, and any defensive guy he hired just couldn't get the job done. Now you're trusting him to run a bunch of grown men, and he has less power because the GMs and other people in place, they're going to be responsible for the defensive moves and stuff like that. So I don't like the move. And I think, well, some some people, some teams, they get carried away. And I think this is a perfect carrying away um, example here. I I understand you want a offensive coach for your quarterback because, well, the Cardinals' offense was really bad, like really, really bad. But to me, there was way more qualified um, former head coaches, current head coaches, uh, coordinators to fill that role. To give it to a under five hundred college coach, I think that was. I think they're going to regret this move for a long time. Well, Kingsbury went thirty five and forty with the Red Raiders, and he was pretty much trapped in a uh, recruiting heatsink in uh, Texas. But you know what? I don't know. We don't know what to what to think of this move yet. You know, we can all play Monday morning quarterback. And say that this is a good move, this is a bad move. There's no denying his success with the passing offenses. That's the one thing that they had. The two things that they have is Josh Allen and the number one overall pick. And they might even trade drop Josh Allen to go Rosen. and get uh, Josh Rosen. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, I can't believe that. I just <laughs> said that. Josh Rosen, <laughs> excuse me. And uh, you know what? The guy was, was an accurate college quarterback when he played for UCLA. And he goes out there and he just, you know, he stunk it up. But that whole Arizona team we'll was, was bad too. I mean, when he started off the year, he was sitting on the bench. Sam Bradford was starting for crying and out loud. he got hurt as usual. <laughs> as usual, Sam Bradford got hurt and Rhodes came in and he played. Yeah, whoever thought the Cardinals were going to have a good 2018 does not know sports. That team was bad from uh, from the jump. And, um, you know, well, and if you trade or, or, or Rosen, if I'm the Giants, man, I, I, I would give the Cardinals a call like, hey, look, we'll take Rosen off your hands because, well, Pat um, Shermer's there and you have a young guy that you could possibly groom. And, you know what I'm saying? So, but I think for, but, well, that just showed you how, how, Ain't how bad the structure is. You draft Josh R- R- Rosen one year because you hired a certain type of head coach. Now you're thinking about trading him a year later to get a quarterback that better fits the system. Mm-hmm. But you hire, but will Josh Rosen sat in on the sat in on the potential head coaching. Um, hatings, which meant Rosen gave his approval for Kingsbury. Now you want to trade him because you see a better quarterback that fits Kingsbury's scheme. So what was the point of Rosen being in on the meetings if you if you are trying to determine if it doesn't fit the right. scheme? Yeah. Arizona has some serious problems, Will. <laughs> some very, very serious problems because they don't know what they're doing. That whole town, because, Will, the Suns suck, the Cardinals Cardinals suck, the Coyotes suck, the Diamondbacks, they're going to suck. So it's just like that whole, that that state in terms of sports is a yikes. Yeah, it's not looking good. Uh, You talk about another guy that, Sean, I know you're probably going to want to talk about him. Matt LaFleur going over to the Green Bay Packers. He was hired. As their head coach. Sean's got that sad face going on right now. I yes. Yes. Matt LaFleur got hired as the Green Bay Packers head coach. So, Sean, what are your thoughts about this? Outs- I'm only mad. Yeah. Outside of the, uh, outside of, you know, we want to see the Packers, not the tight, you know, go, go, go. I'm just going to let you talk. I'm going to shut up. Just go. Yes. Well, talk hush. about Matt LaFleur. Hush, well, No, I'm saying. Well, I well, well. Truth be told, I'm only mad because Marcus Mariota. This is going to be year number five. He's going to be on his fifth OC, and I'm like, okay. Matt Lafleur's going to be here his second year. We're going to add to the offense, whether it's be free agency or the draft. And Mariota's going to be healthy. Right. Hopefully, he's going to take off. Womp womp. The well, we had the 26th. I think it was the 28th. One of those two. Our total O was 26th or 28th. And that's who you hire. <laughs> now yeah. I do get it. Blaine Gabbert did start a couple of those games, and we Betty scored in those games, so I know the numbers went down. But still, that's who you decide to hire. But will it, it goes back to the Cardinals thing? From what I said, the Packers probably sat down with Matt 
LaFleur. He's probably French. With a name like that, I that, probably probably French. LaFleur. LaFleur. But anyway, well, <laughs> I'm thinking that his scheme, the Packers probably looked at his scheme and said, hmm, Aaron Rodgers can do this. Right. Like, 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 like this is what, like, this is what, like, this is what Mike McCarthy did not have. And, well, I think the numbers don't lie, but you also have to have the players. Well, I think if you give a 26th ranked O, Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham and Randall Cobb and Devontae and Adams, hey, well, they're not going to be 26th. They're probably going to be 6th. So I'm saying, so I think that's what the Packers see. I'm pretty sure that's what they think. And, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, that they made this type of move. So now the Titans have to hire another OC and Mariota has to learn another, you know, offense. And people already think that he's a bust four years in. So, well, we have to see what happens there. But, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those uh, situations where, you know, is it going to work out? We shall see. But, well, again, we're seeing these coordinators get hired to pair with a quarterback. Well, and, well, I just hope that these teams don't neglect the defense side of the ball and the overall team because it, it doesn't make sense to hire a guy and your offense goes from worst to first, but your defense goes from first to last because you're going to be right back in the same spot where you were just on the other side of the ball. So right. we shall see. Absolutely. We shall see indeed. And then you talk about, you know, you talk about coaches getting a, uh, getting a chance here. You look at the Cincinnati Bengals with Zach Taylor. What do you think of Zach Taylor going over to the uh, cats of the Cincinnati? Well, can you believe Sean McVay has a coaching tree? That is crazy. Matt LaFleur, Titans OC, Packers head coach, Zach Taylor, Rams quarter, Rams quarterback coach, now Bengals coach when another season ends. And it's just like that one I also don't get because you have Andy Dalton, who's not young, but he's not old. And he's proven he could win games. You know, he's played in, you know, the playoff games. But my whole thing is, what direction are you going in? Because Marvin Lewis should have been fired five years ago. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how the hell he was there for the X amount of years that he was there for a while. Right. But with that being said, the Bengals have to decide what options they're going in. I mean, what are they like? Are they in a rebuild or are they in a retool? Because, well, there is some talent on that team, AJ Green and Tyler Boyd and, you know, Ross and, you know what I'm saying? And on the defensive side, Geno Yanadkins and Drake Kirkpatrick. So the Bengals have some talent on, on, on both sides of the ball. But to me, well, I, I think I agree with going the young route. I think they definitely needed to go with a younger coach, but I would have went with someone that, you know, maybe had more experience seasoning. Um, I know a lot of, potential guys that they wanted to talk to will turn them down. Josh McDaniels turned them down. Mike McCarthy turned them down. Mike uh, Munchak turned them down. So maybe maybe they just took whoever was willing to just talk to them mm-hmm. <laughs> in that sense, Will. But, um, you know, that was another confusing hire because if you're, 
if you got Zach Taylor to run the O, the defense is just as bad. So I think they needed a team builder, fixer, upper kind of coach more than an offensive-minded guy. So we shall see. But there is some talent on that offensive side. Mixon and Giovanni Bernard is there. So there is some skill on that side of the ball. Right. So we'll see what happens over there with regards to the Bengals and, you know, the Dolphins. They hired a a Patriots de facto defensive-minded coach in uh, Brian Flores. Who is Brooklyn born and raised. Really? How about that? Yes, sir. Wow. Shout out to Brooklyn. Brownsville, Brooklyn, you went to Boston uh, College. And that's why the Dolphins, because the Dolphins and the Bengals were kind of in the same boat where both sides of the ball have players, but you don't need to bring in a specialist on one side of the ball. So the Dolphins think Flores can be a Belichick type where he just oversees the team. Mm -hmm. And, well, that's going to be another guy. It depends on his staff Mm -hmm. because the Dolphins have some talent on both sides of the ball. But if – but. If he puts together a good staff, you know, the Dolphins could be in a retooled and a rebuild. But you're hearing some reports that, that the Dolphins actually want to tank mm-hmm. 2019 because they want to go after the 2020 class, which would have Tua, Justin Herbert as well. So, I mean, there's a there's a lot a lot a lot a lot of things coming from South South Beach, but well. Nobody cares about the Dolphins because this is Dwayne Wade's last year, so everybody cares about you know him uh, in that part of uh, part of town. So uh, we shall see. Yeah, absolutely. Any final thoughts on this uh, football and Jet and all these new head coaches and all that stuff? Oh, picks. Yes, picks. Yes, we have to uh, talk about picks before we get into the picks. Hold on, before. Jeez, you talk about talk about me almost falling asleep over here. It's, I fell. It's, I literally fell asleep behind the wheel. Well, that's why I am here to steer. Well, we did that have rhymes. some. Oh snap! That I am here to steer you. Right. That, that's I like right. that. Well, we did have some. Yeah. So we covered the Jets and the football higher stuff. Well, we we did have some playoff of, uh, football. Absolutely. Over the weekend. Well, um, wow! Totally forgot about that. Well, it's okay. That's why I'm here. That's what happens when you're a Jet fan. Well, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Bro. Thank God. Well, let's start with the in order the games they went. Well, Chiefs and Colts. Well, well, but I know I took the Colts. Did you take the Colts? Did you take the Chiefs? Did Colts. you? And the Chiefs made us look really, really bad. The defense stepped up in a really good way, making that offensive line unlook like they haven't looked all year, which is really, really bad. And you know, for the the Chiefs to go down. Well, I know the game was over when the when the Chiefs scored on the first two drives. It was 14 zip before you blinked. I, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was not expecting that, so. No, not at all. And you know what, too? What's funny is this Chiefs defense was ranked almost dead last in total defense. And right. yet they pulled out all the stops in the snow. And everybody thought that this uh, this Chiefs offense would have gotten stopped by by uh, Mother Nature and all that. But it wasn't meant to be. And you know what? They just literally just went out there and they took hearts out. They took the Colts' hearts out and they just did what they did, man. You know? Right. So now the Colts are taking on the Patriots. Me and Will will me and me and Will will predict that game in a second here. Well, let's move on to the other game on Saturday night. The Cowboys and the Rams. The Cowboys season's over, Will. The Rams 
when won that game 30 to 22. Will the Rams rush for almost 300 yards? Will C.J. Anderson, who? Who is that guy? Exactly. Who? Will he ran for more yards than Todd Gurley, who also ran for 100 yards? Right. Will C.J. Anderson scored more touchdowns than Todd Gurley did? Well, so, well, I was not, I'm not surprised the Rams won. I am surprised that they ran the ball on that defense that we know in Dallas is Really, really good. You know what, too? And Dallas, they, they kept it close somewhat. But you know what? When you're going up in Los Angeles with that crowd, and there were a lot of Cowboys fans over at the Coliseum. LA has a lot of Cowboys fans, right? Yeah. True. Dallas, da- the Cowboys, they always travel well with regards to their fans. But uh, you know what, man? There's a lot of things that ultimately go on. And with that being said, with uh, with regards to Dallas, hey, great season. They proved a lot of people wrong. They did. They went on a crazy run, man. They did. They did. And especially with Dak and Ezekiel Elliott there and their great offensive line, their defense stepped up this year, too, in in a big way. So Demarcus Lawrence, they have to bring him back. They they just have to bring him back. Show me the money. Show me the money. Absolutely. Or the Jets may step in and be like, hey, we have more money than Dallas. Then your current, current team. That, that could happen. Oh, it could very well happen. If the Jets get him, that's a big move, too. So... The Rams go on to play the Saints. Me and Will will pick that game in a sec. Well, on to Sunday's game. Boy, was I wrong. The Chargers and the Patriots, Will. We were both wrong. We were both wrong. I could have, oh, well, I, sh- I should have known better to think that Will would pick a Tom Brady-led team. Stupid me. But anyway, Will, the Chargers, they, I think they came to play. They were just too cocky. And Brady and the Patriots took it to him. I don't. I don't necessarily think they were too cocky. I think it was just more game planning, of course, by Bill Belichick going out there and saying, "You know what? We're going to blitz you, and we're going to make Philip Rivers throw deep." Philip Rivers is not a deep thrower, correct? Type of guy. He could. He's got the short game and everything like that, all down pat. But when you have eight guys in the box going up against him, he's got nowhere to go. And when he's got nowhere to go, he's got to chuck that ball away. And with that being said, the Chargers, they weren't getting open. You know, four rivers. The the game plan of the Patriots on both sides of the ball was really, really well. And they ran the ball, too. Yep. Sony Michelle and how James good, White. How good is Sony Michelle? First-round pick, you know. And then you look at, well, well again, I, I'm going to prove I'm gonna prove my point. Sony Michelle, Patriots, he's played really well. Mm-hmm. The Browns now lead running back is who? Nick Chubb. He played really, really well. Where where are those two guys from? Georgia, which is where? The SEC. That conference just preps you for the pros like no other conference does. Them and the Big Ten are like are like head and head. Head and head. So but yeah, but but will James White are running back. Well they they just might as well move the R B and put the W R next to his name. Fifteen receptions. Yep. As a running back, I mean, I mean he's valuable. A lot of people forget when the Patriots came back and beat the Falcons, who scored the game-winning uh, touchdown, James Mr. James White. So he's a valuable piece of that team. So, Absolutely. well, I was rooting for Phillip so hard. I mean, I want him to win a ring so bad. As was I. But well, I think it's over. Like I don't think going forward, I don't see him having a team as well. Well, they were twelve and four, and they were a wild card. If that doesn't say, bro, you may never get a ring, I don't know what else is going to scream, bro, you're never going to get a ring. They're going to they're gonna have to move some of these. Something's got to happen here with the, with the division and all that stuff, you know? Right. Because with the way how the playoffs are, 
A team like that should never be on the road to start off. At least one game at home. Something. Or, or at least <laughs> add add another add another couple of teams to that mix for the playoffs because yeah, so make it eight eight yeah. eight. I don't know. One play eight, two play seven. Right. Something. Right. So they would have been a top four seed and had um, a playoff playoff game. Right. That's that's the way how it should go. You're on to something. Well, Roger Goodell, my man is on. Give him a listen. Don't. It's no fun league, bro. Come on. They want to keep things. (laughs) Give him a listen. Roger, ask. Come on, Roger. You know you want to listen. (laughs) I know. Exactly. So the Patriots, as we said, are going to play the Chiefs. I mean, we'll pick that game in a sec. Last but not least, we'll probably the most in, uh, entertaining non-blowout game of the weekend. Will Philly at the Saints. Will Philly got a hot 14-zip start. Saints defense came to play after that. Did not allow a point the rest of the game. Well, I want to say the Saints look bad. Philly's on the defensive side. They've improved a whole lot. But give the Saints some credit. They fought back. They fought back. They kept on swinging, and they came up with a 20-14 to 14 win, Will. And, Will, again, it's tough to win in that dome. I mean, I know Philly got it to a hot start, but the Saints came right back, and they tied the game up, Will. So, you know what, Will? You know, what were your thoughts on that uh, Saints-Philly game? You know what? A lot of people thought, including myself, thought that the, the Saints would have absolutely romped the uh Philadelphia Eagles, but they didn't. Nick Foles was so close to making a uh, a game-winning drive against the Saints defense, but it wasn't meant to be as the uh, the St. Nick uh, stories is going to ultimately wind down. He's obviously going to get a big contract coming up this uh, this NFL offseason, but you know that remains to be seen. Probably the best moment of his career was winning the Super Bowl last year. For the Eagles, but with that being said, for the game itself, Drew Brees, what more can you say about him? I'm trying to lead a team back. At and 40 years old now. Yeah, crazy. Who, well, who would think it? Well, just to get off the game for one, the second will. Well, it's, it's, it seems like Nick Foles has been in the league forever because he's been on like four, like, 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 like three, four teams. And he was on the Eagles before, too. They, I think the Eagles. They won the division, I think. Yeah, yeah they won the division. And, and they lost to the Saints. The Saints at Philadelphia. At Philadelphia. Well, Nick Foles is only 30 years old. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. Well, just to get off the game for one, the second year, Nick Foles is going to be a starter in 2019. Not for, uh, and not for Philly, because they have committed to Wentz. Give me a team or two that, that you could maybe, maybe see. You know, making them because I have a couple of teams Jacksonville. in mind, but that has to be on the list. Like the Jaguars have to be uh, on that uh, on on that list. Any other teams or Jacksonville? Let's see. The Cardinals have their quarterback of the future, but they they're undecided with with Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Josh Allen's the future in Buffalo. I may even surprise you. Well. Maybe New England if Brady if Brady retires. wins this year and retires. Foles be a good fit because Jacoby no their backup is um, Hoyer Hoyer Nick Foles is obviously better well two teams within the division Giants. if the Giants don't bring Eli back and let's see the Giants want to wait till 2020 2021 to draft a guy Nick Foles is right in your backyard also Alex Smith his career might be done the Redskins they're not high enough or have the draft picks 
or the resources to make a move. Right. Nick Force will go right to Washington and stay within the division. But I think Jacksonville has to be at the top of that list. Like Jacksonville, they, have to be. they, they listen, they go all the way to the AFC Championship game last year with a great defense and having a guy like Blake Bortles being the signal caller and calling the shots down there. You know, Doug Marone's got to do something about this. You know, <laughs> he's an offensive-minded guy he from is. the Bronx. Bronx. Yeah, absolutely. Lehman High School. Lehman. You know, but, uh, you know, He's got to do something, man, because this team right now desperately, desperately needs to do something here. Another team, too, Will? Miami. The Ryan, uh, uh, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill days, might, days be over. might be over. So I can see him at either one of those four or five teams that we that we just said. But, but so, Will, we have the NFC, AFC Championship games. The NFC game is first. Will, we have the four top seeds. We haven't had that, I think, in, I think in the last four or five years. We've had at the four top seeds. Last year, we had three of the four top seeds. This year, we have all of the top seeds. Well, it's time to pick. Well, we only have three more games left to pick in the whole NFL season, Will. In three weeks. That's crazy. In three weeks' time, in three, three weeks games. Time, we have no more games to pick. Season will be over. Thank God. Well, <laughs> Thank well, God. Well, let's start with the NFC game, the Rams. Go to the Saints. The Saints beat the Rams in Week Nine, forty-five to thirty-five, giving the Rams the first loss of the season at that point. Well, do the Rams get revenge, or do the Saints keep on marching to Super Bowl Fifty-Three in Hot Atlanta? Oh, when the Saints go marching, and they have home field advantage. They yes, they lose do. In that dome, man. They don't. They don't. Home dome. Dome field advantage. Yes. <laughs> yep. And then they and they play in Atlanta the Super Bowl. Which go is go figure, right in their backyard. Go figure. <laughs> go figure right. After hearing that Drew Brees speech that he gave his team on Sunday, uh, he's hyped, and so is the Saints team. Give me the Saints. This is going to be a close game. Very close. Very very close. This has one of well. This has this has potential. Cla- classic. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Has classic written all over it. Right. Saints are. Leading the league in not, not leading the league, but they're sixth in rushing. They're twelfth in the passing game. Defense, they're fourteenth, and the offense is eighth altogether. With regards to the Rams, they're second defensively, nineteenth overall, eh, fifth in passing, and third in rushing. I know I had the Rams as my Super Bowl pick, but give me the Saints at home. Mm. This team, this team, I. There's World something about Drew. The Super Bowl pick. This is yeah. This is something, dude. I, I got to feel. I'm flip flopping here. I got to go with the Saints. Well, I think. Well, I'm going to make a proclamation here. Okay. I believe the Saints should have won a Super Bowl last year. I firmly believe the Saints wasn't for Stephon Diggs. Right. It was for Marcus Williams trying to cut him, sort of just waiting for him to land. And tackling him like what a football player is supposed to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of going for a slide into third base, which he tried to do. But well, I think the Saints believe they should win the Super Bowl. Well, I believe the Saints would have beat Philly on the road, and they would have beaten the the, the uh, Patriots. I really do. I really, really, really do. But uh, believe that well. Well, they remember that Viking game, and they're not going to stop until they get not revenge. Because the Vikings, they're not going to get revenge. But anyway, well, 
Well, I think the well the Rams will have their time. The Rams will have their time, but their time is not this season. Will give me the Saints to go marching into. Well, it's funny. Well, did you know the Saints and the Falcons stadium has the same name? Mercedes Benz. It's just the one is a Superdome and one is a stadium. Only one in professional sports, probably, right? Mercedes Benz is making a lot of money. <laughs> They're making a lot of money regardless. Of money. Damn you, car companies. Yeah, right, right. So me and Will both. Sponsor us. <laughs> Sponsor us. So me and Will both have nah, the Saints okay. marching into Atlanta on February 3rd, I believe, is the Super Bowl. Will, AFC, well, it is supposed to be 10 degrees with a wind chill that's going to be negative 5 Sunday evening. In Kansas City, Missouri, will the Patriots are going to take on the Chiefs? Will the Patriots beat the Chiefs during the regular season, giving the Chiefs la, la, their la, first la, loss? La 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 <laughs> This is a game I don't care about. <laughs> la 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 la. Who's your pick, Will? I can't stand this team, but you know what? The league's going to give them gift wrap this game to them some way somehow. I think the league wants to see Saints and you know, pa- Patriots. The, the, I think this is the money maker. Desperately want to. This is the money Could maker you imagine right here. The Vegas Lions, holy smokes! Forget the Vegas Lions, dude. Can you imagine all the cronies at ESPN sucking up? Oh yeah, we this want, is the classic. We want, this is going to be the classic. All that stuff and two forty-year-olds. Oh god, please, please! I don't even want to hear it. As as a football fan and as a sports fan, I wouldn't mind it, but if this was like. If it wasn't the Patriots and Tom Brady was doing this without all the Super Bowls and without all the hoopla and without Barstool and all that stuff, you know, doing their thing, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I would be more into this game. I'm just not with all the with all the people sucking off the Patriots. But I'm going to be one of those guys. I, this is one of those games, Sean, that I hope to God I pick this game right now and they lose. Because that's the way how it was with your Titans. We pick them, they lose. We go against them, they win. <laughs> right. Give me the Patriots, and I hope they lose. Well, can you say it one more time for the people in the back? <laughs> Give me the Patriots, and I hope they lose. As a Jet fan, I really would love to see that. Will is picking the Patriots to win, hoping that they lose. Some Titans karma-esque. Will has Listen to the show, and you get it. And you definitely get why Will is doing that. Well, as much as I hate to do this as well, I I just think this the Patriots are built to do this. The Chiefs defense, they should have been against the Colts, but that's the Colts. You got Brady and and, and Hogan and Gronk. Welker and Cronk and White and Michelle. And the offensive line kept Brady. Well, you did not hear Melvin Ingram or Joy Bosa's name Sunday at all. They kept Brady upright the whole time. And I think it's going to be a repeat of the regular season game. Even though it's going to be bitter cold, I think you're going to see both teams put up a bunch of points. Well, but I think at the end of the day, Patriots get it done. You want to know what the Patriots have that they haven't had in years? What a running game. Very true. They've had running backs, but not a running game. Correct. They have not. They've never had a running game like this outside of Corey Dillon in '05 and during uh, Tom Brady's rookie year with uh, Kevin Falk Kevin and those Falk guys. And the boys. You know, Antoine Smith, yeah. Right. So, you know, this is something that – this is a balanced attack now. It is. It is. Me and Will both have the Saints winning, and we have the Patriots. However, Will is hoping – I'm shaking Actually, my head. If me and Will both want Patriots to lose, just as fans, Will, I'm not going to lie. 
I know the league wants Saints Patriots, even though they're not going to admit it. They're not going to admit it. Well, they're not. Well, did you see Monday night Rams Chiefs? Did you see or do you read the score? The score? Yeah. Well, who wouldn't want to see a, a part two of that? If I'm the league, I know you want the old farts <laughs> to play. But how about two young guns? Goff is like 23, 24. Yeah. Patrick was just the same thing. Well, that game on Monday night, I was in Vegas celebrating my birthday. And, and I was watching that game like, well, and I swear my head was like this. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. It was so back and back and forth. Well, so, well, I would love to see part two of that. I would also love to see either or. Like, I well, I, I, I want to see one of the young guys play one of the dull guys. And we kind of have that in each game. But I want to see that on the biggest stage. But I think the league is going to get what they want and have Patriots and the Saints. Also, too. You know, as much as I would like to see it, I'd like to see Andy Reid get something well out of deserved, this. Definitely, he definitely he's, deserves something. But he's overdue, man. I don't think it's going to happen on Sunday. Well, there's just some players and, and some greats that it, it just not meant for them to be. We see it in basketball: Reggie Miller and Carl Malone and Stockton and Charles Barkley, Barkley Hall right. of Famers. Steve Nash, just, Steve Nash are just they're great and they're all-time greats, but it's not meant for them, right? I'm afraid the Chiefs would have more years because Mahomes is so young. But as long as Brady's still playing, and now you got Baker um, uh, Mayfield now, and now you have Darnold, Darnold, and you have these other. The, the, listen, yeah, the AFC got well. The out of the five quarterbacks that were taken in the first round last year, four of them went to AFC teams. Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> So that division is going to get better with these young guys. So. Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy, man. In two weeks, me and Will will pick our Super Bowl winner. But, but we have to find out who's going to go to the Super Bowl first. And I know Ed will make Will's day when we have the next show. And Will's like, yes, we have the Saints and we have the Chiefs. Or we have the Rams and, and we the have Chiefs. the Chiefs. But we don't want to see. No, no. We don't want to see the Patriots. For all you Boston people out, out there, you have to understand something with Will before we end this show, Will. Will is a New York Jets fan whose arch nemesis is the Patriots who reside in Boston. Will Chirucci, a.k.a. Will C, is also a New York Yankee fan <laughs> whose arch nemesis plays in Boston. <laughs> Well, you and Boston do not mix. Stay far, far away from Boston. I love Boston. Even though it, you it's went. A, it's a very I nice town. I know you and your dad went, yes. It's a very nice town. But I will stay away that. wearing Jets gear or Yankee gear, please. Stay, I got to stay away, too, from wearing Laker gear up there because yes. I'm a Laker fan, too. Yes, and the Lakers, yes. Yeah. yes. And also, too, if you want to throw the Islander Bruins thing going on with regards to Sedano. Uh, no New York teams, though. Just no New York teams. Being the former... Uh, Islander going up to Not Boston. Not even the Mets, because who did the Mets beat when the ball went under the glove? Not Boston. The Red Sox. That's fine. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> I love Boston. Boston's a great city, but no, don't want to see them. Don't want to see them. Very, well, very obnoxious. Well, I'm afraid to ask you what are, what are your final thoughts, sir. I am afraid, but I will. What are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are this. Next episode is going to be a great, great show. But we'll, we'll leave that for... 
for then. Just we'll leave it like that. And then, you know what? What can I say more? Yankees, they go out, they sign. Am I saying this guy's name right? DJ Lemethau? Le- 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 I don't even, can't even pronounce his name. Well, DJ Lemayhew. Lemayhew. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> DJ Lemayhew. Lemayhew, Lemayhew, Lemayhew. Big signing, by the way. That's a huge signing for them. Love it. Well, I think this means that Machado's out. So I think what I don't want. I never wanted Machado to begin with. I got that vibe. So I think what you're going to see now is Andujar third, Glaber from second to short, Lemayhew now at second base, Bird or Voight, whoever at first, and Sanchez. Well, Stanton's going to be. Yeah, you could also put. You could also Void put DJ. You could also put DJ in left field. DJ in left field, right? But I think that that's true. But I'll tell you what, though, I'll keep it short and sweet. Not good, good. Okay, with regards to that, Lemayhew reminds me of a Ben Zobrist with the way how his versatility is. He could go out there. He could play second base. He can go out there. He could play left field. He can go out and play shortstop, third base. You put him at first base. You put him anywhere. On the infield, with the exception of catcher and pitcher, he could play anywhere. He could give guys a day off. You know, put him in the lineup for a postseason game. He could basically be a Brock Holt. He I could would, be a Ben Zobers. I would keep him more on the uh, infield, but I'm sure he has the potential to do those things. So I think that was a slam dunk signing. And for two years, twenty four million. That's a bargain. And well, don't forget, I think it was two three years ago. Who was the who was the batting champ in? The National League, DJ LeMahieu. Right. So the guy's going to hit 300, three, uh, 300 plus, with, which means, and I'm sure he's he's probably going to bat towards the top or maybe even even towards the bottom. Regardless, well, with the power that the Yankees have, he's always going to be on base. Speaking of infielders, what do you think of uh, Jed Lowry going over to the Mets? Just about to get to that. Will, we'll, I wish the signings would have... F- Swapped. I wish the Mets would have gotten Mayhew right. and Lowry to the Yankees, but and I only say that because of age. Mayhew's like thirty, Lowry's thirty-four. But hey, he's coming off a career year, and he is utility one-on-one. He could play second, short, um, first. He did it all for the A's. I like that move. Another uh, two-year deal, and Will Brody just keeps on hammering away, hammering away, picking up piece after piece after piece. Where is he going to play? Where is he going to start? Is he going to start? No idea. Right. But at least he's a piece that we need. And I really, really like the move from a utility uh, standpoint. Absolutely. And not only that, but this might signal the end here of Wilmer Flores because Jed Lowry wound up picking number four. Sean is very distraught at this point. Well, it actually did mark the end because right before I came here, I was watching ESPN. Wilmer Flores agreed to a one-year deal with the Diamondbacks. Wow. So, Lowry picking four, Wilmer officially gone. But as distraught as I am, I would never forget Flores crying and all those game-winning bombs that he had and game-winning hits that he got in 2015. He, well, he had his chance to prove he could play first base, third base, shortstop. He and, did. And he never proved it, that he, he could be a consistent major league starter. So, listen, tears and all, yeah, it's a goal, but he, but he – he he will never be remembered as a great Met, but I think he would be remembered as a, a fan favorite. A fan favorite because of him not wanting to leave. Like the guy was crying because he didn't want to leave the Mets. But well, that's what happens when you grow up, sixteen years old, getting signed, trying to better your life, better and, your life, and they give him a chance. And nine years later, or almost ten years later, 
he gets that opportunity. And well, they worked out for the Mets. Instead of Carlos Gomez, they got Cespedes, and the rest is history. Yeah, absolutely. And Cespedes right now is on the DL, so and playing golf somewhere. How do you hurt both of your heels? I don't know. I mean, it happens. Will, can we end the show, please? Oh, we will. <laughs> for everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, and for our wonderful producer, Miles, who's drinking a cup of coffee right now, trying to keep up after a little two-hour sleep. And for my partner, Sean Thomas, just also no, to... it is a two-hour schmooze. <laughs> two-hour schmooze. We got to get the schmooze on we, we have to get the schmooze on, man. A two-hour uh, schmooze. We'll, we'll get it. <laughs> just want to give a quick shout-out to Tommy Guinari, a uh, good friend of mine. He uh, he wound up getting into a car accident really, really bad. Sean, I know you got into a car accident bad a couple weeks ago. And right. I seen the accident. His front end of his car wound up legit smashed. He had to go to the hospital. He had to get staples, all that stuff. Literally had to get out of his car. Thank God for the uh, God for, FDNY and yeah. all that stuff, you know. But, uh, yeah. I sh- wish you health, bro. Definitely, man. That's yeah, so scary, man. Tommy. Dude, I know we haven't hung out in a while, but my thoughts and prayers are going out to you. But I know you're in a in great spirits right now. I know you're still here. Bro, you have a purpose. You're one of the more knowledgeable guys when it comes to pop culture and everything like that. That's your calling, bro. Get in the pop culture some way, somehow. Because you're, you're smarts with horror and everything like that, with all the films and everything. Get into it. That's your purpose right there, bro. Get into it. You're a smart dude. You make people laugh. And more importantly, you're a good dude. So just hate to see stuff like that happen. But yeah, that's that's all my final thoughts, you know? Well, no final thoughts for me. Just um, no looking forward to the championship weekend. And, um, and, you know, well, by the time you know it, bro, it's going to be time to start talking about spring training. Yes. The baby season just was done, Well, We just saw the Red Sox beating the Dodgers. I know. I know. And hopefully by the next show, we will have a Machado-Harper update. Well, this may go into spring training, well, because both of these guys they're not gonna get. They're not going to get the money. They're not going to get the money. Well, Machado has 250 on the table, but does he want to go to Chicago? That's the problem. We'll find out. And with that being said, On the Board Sports is locking out. For Miles, our wonderful producer, for Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T., and for all the wonderful people at Gotham Podcast Studios, I'm your host, William Trucci, signing off.